Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to let you know I have a free on-demand masterclass called Five Steps to Writing a Novel Without Letting Perfectionism or Procrastination Get in the Way. In this free training, I cover things like where perfectionism comes from, how it's directly linked to procrastination, and what you can do right now to start making real progress with your writing. I also talk about the problem with popular plotting methods and how they can do more harm than good, especially if you're brand new to writing. And last but certainly not least, I share some of the most common mistakes I see writers make so you can avoid them and make this the year you finish your novel. If this sounds like something you're interested in, you can sign up for free at savannagilbo.com forward slash training. One more time, that's savannagilbo.com forward slash training to get your hands on this free masterclass. And really, this is kind of that exciting moment in stories that readers have been waiting for the whole time. So the protagonist has seemingly come up on an impossible obstacle and they have nothing left. They have no hope, they have no plan, they have no backup, maybe even no tools or weapons. But they still have something. They have whatever they learned throughout the entire story. So they're a different person now, a person who's overcome that flaw from Act 1. So now it's time for them to really prove it. It's time for them to take a leap of faith. And this is typically the super memorable moment in a story where you really feel it on a deeper level as a reader or a viewer. Welcome to the Fiction Writing Made Easy podcast. My name is Savannah Gilbo, and I'm here to help you write a story that works. I want to prove to you that writing a novel doesn't have to be overwhelming. So each week, I'll bring you a brand new episode with simple, actionable, and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your writing right away. So whether you're brand new to writing or more of a seasoned author looking to improve your craft, this podcast is for you. So pick up a pen and let's get started. In today's episode, we're going to finish up going through the 15 beats of Blake Snyder's Save the Cat story structure template. Specifically, we're going to focus on the beats that make up Act 3 or the very end of a story. We're also going to look at how these beats show up in two different young adult stories, The Hunger Games and Everything Everything. If you missed the other three episodes in this series, I highly recommend pushing pause on this episode and checking out episode number 47, 48, and 49 first. In those episodes, I walk you through the beats that make up the beginning and middle of a story so you don't want to miss them. I will link to all three of those episodes in the show notes for easy reference. As a quick recap, in episode number 47, we talked about how the beginning of a story is all about setting up your protagonist's ordinary world and then getting them involved with the main conflict of the story via the catalyst beat and the break into two beat. Act 2 is all about your character responding to the events of Act 1 and pursuing their overarching story goal, so that specific thing that they think will fix their life or bring things back into balance or finally make them feel happy and fulfilled. But as we covered in episodes number 48 and 49, we know that they need to go about things the wrong way and face meaningful conflict before ultimately learning the lesson of the story and changing. So Act 2 is all about your character changing and coming out the other side in Act 3, a different person. And in Act 3, we'll see the protagonist internalize everything they've learned so far and couple it with who they were in the beginning of the story. So it's a sort of synthesis or blending of who they were and what they've learned that results in who they've become going into Act 3. It's all about combining the fun and excitement of the external plot with the knowledge and wisdom and growth of the internal story to give readers the ultimate third act payoff that they've been charging towards since page one. And in a minute, we're going to see how this plays out in both of our case studies, but I just wanted to set the stage and show you the overall shape of act three before we dive into the details. 
Now, quickly, let's talk about word count. If we keep going with our example of planning an 80,000 word novel, this section takes up about 25% of those words. So that means we're looking at the final 20 or so thousand words here. And if you're writing scenes that are about 1,500 words long, that means you're going to have about 14 scenes here too. Again, this is not a hard and fast rule, but it's generally a helpful guideline, especially in the planning stages. Also, another quick reminder before we dive in is that some of the beats in the Save the Cat method are going to be single scene beats, while others are going to be multi-scene beats. I will explain more about that once we get into each beat, but just keep that in mind for now. If you want to follow along and take notes or just see a visual of what we're going to talk about, I created a worksheet that goes along with this episode that you can download over at savannagilbo.com forward slash scene map. So that's scene map, one word, savannagilbo.com forward slash scene map. Okay, enough recaps. Let's dive into the specific beats that make up act three. And surprise, there's only two of them, but one has multiple parts. So here we go. Beat number 14 is the finale, and this is a multi-scene beat in which you resolve all of the problems created throughout the entire story and prove that your protagonist has changed because they've learned the theme of the story. So if you remember in the last beat we went over, the break into three, that was all about your character taking the first step toward their new plan or their first step out as this new and improved person. So the finale is a multi-scene beat that continues that forward momentum. So in our plan of 14 scenes for this section of the story, the five-part finale is going to take up 13 of those 14 scenes. So it is a big chunk of Act 3. But don't worry, because this is where Save the Cat really saves our butt with what they call the five-part finale. So the five-part finale essentially breaks down the third act into five parts, giving us even more clarity on what needs to happen in this section. And really what you're trying to do here is solve the main plot problem or answer the main plot question that you raised in Act 1. So in a romance, we want to hear, does the protagonist get the girl? In a thriller or a mystery, we want to know, does the detective bring the criminal to justice? Or in an action or a horror story, we want to know, does the protagonist survive? So part one of the five-part finale is called Gathering the Team. And in this microbeat, your protagonist is essentially gathering help. But this doesn't always mean they're going to go around literally rounding up people to help them solve the plot problem. This could also mean gathering tools or making plans or collecting supplies or mapping out the route, whatever it is. It's really just preparing for the big climactic moment that's to come. And part of this microbeat could include things like mending fences also. So let's say your protagonist got in a fight with their parents or their best friend or whoever during act two. And now that they've learned the lesson of the story, he or she might need to mend fences and apologize in order to move forward into the climactic moment. So just keep that in mind. Now let's take a look at our two case studies. In the Hunger Games, the game makers have just changed the rules so that now there can be two victors. So Katniss wants to team up with Peeta, but in order to do that, she has to go find him first. So for Katniss, she's literally going to gather her team. In Everything, Everything, Maddie decides to look through her mother's files, and she finds records of almost everything relating to her health except for the skid diagnosis. So this is a fun example because she's gathering information in this microbeat, not people. Part two of the five-part finale is called Executing the Plan. And in this microbeat, now that the tools or the team has been gathered, it's go time. 
So your protagonist and their allies, if they have allies, execute the plan. Even if the plan seemed crazy or impossible at first, at this stage, it seems to be working. This is also where secondary characters or your B story characters tend to make sacrifices for the cause. So sometimes they die or they get injured or they have to give up, you know, something really powerful that only they can operate. Or maybe it's just that they need to move aside and let the protagonist step into the spotlight a little bit more. And again, this is not just a sacrifice to check a box. The purpose of these sacrifices is really to get your protagonist to face the climactic moment alone because we want to show readers that they really do have what it takes to succeed. So let's go back to our case studies to see this microbeat in action. In The Hunger Games, this is when Katniss and Peeta defeat the rest of the tributes and the genetically mutated wolves until they're the only two tributes left in the arena. So they've executed on their previous plan of winning together. In Everything, Everything, this is when Maddie confronts her mother, who swears up and down that she has proof of Maddie's diagnosis, it's just gone missing somewhere. And it's in this moment that Maddie realizes Carla's been right this whole time. There's something wrong with her mom. And even worse, Maddie realizes she's not actually sick. She never has been. So she's executed on the plan of confronting her mother about her illness in the search for the truth. Part three of the finale is called The High Tower Surprise. And in this microbeat, things seem to be going well until they aren't, or until the protagonist realizes they've been led into some kind of trap. And although this might sound specific to an action story or one of the more external-leaning genres, it can really apply to any of them. You just have to think a little more metaphorically about leading the protagonist into a trap versus thinking super literally. And the purpose of this microbeat is to show that the protagonist might have been a little naive and overconfident in their plan. So it's another bit of conflict that provides one last opportunity for the protagonist to really prove their worth or to prove that they're a new and improved person. So let's take a look at our case studies. In The Hunger Games, this is when the game makers announce another rule change. Only one person can win. So they've gone back on their last rule change and now only PETA or Katniss can win, not both. So this definitely counts as a high tower surprise. In Everything Everything, this is when Maddie gets the official word from her doctor that she does not have skid, but because she's been inside her whole life, she does have a very vulnerable immune system. So because of all this, her relationship with her mother is forever changed, and she's essentially been led into a trap because although she doesn't have skid, she does have a weakened immune system as a direct result of her mother's actions. So that's what I was talking about earlier. It doesn't have to be a literal trap like a bear trap on the ground or, you know, walking through a door and the door locks. It can sometimes be more metaphorical. Maddie is now trapped in this life because of what her mother did. Part four of the five-part finale is called Dig Deep Down. And this microbeat is kind of like a mini debate. So it's the reaction to whatever happened in the High Tower Surprise microbeat. And really, this is kind of that exciting moment in stories that readers have been waiting for the whole time. So the protagonist has seemingly come up on an impossible obstacle and they have nothing left. They have no hope, they have no plan, they have no backup, maybe even no tools or weapons, but they still have something. They have whatever they learned throughout the entire story. So they're a different person now, a person who's overcome that flaw from act one. So now it's time for them to really prove it. It's time for them to take a leap of faith. And this is typically the super memorable moment in a story where you really feel it on a deeper level as a reader or a viewer. 
So let's look at our two case studies. In The Hunger Games, Katniss is feeling pretty furious that she's been fooled by the game makers and the truth of her reality finally sets in. She realizes that she can't just survive The Hunger Games. She has to rebel. She has to show the capital that they don't own her, just like Peta said earlier, and therefore Katniss and Peta prepare to eat the poisonous berries, proving once and for all that she's not going to be a pawn in the capital's games. Instead, she's someone who will sacrifice herself to make a political statement rather than kill Peta to win. In Everything Everything, this is when Maddie buys a ticket and flies to New York City to find Ollie. On the plane, she's doing some thinking and she observes that anything can happen at any time and that safety is not everything. There's more to life than being alive. And while writing her spoiler review for The Little Prince, she says, love is worth everything, everything. So from this, it's crystal clear that she's learned the theme or the lesson of the story, and it's clear what she wants her next steps to be. She wants Ollie back. Part five of the five-part finale is called The Execution of the New Plan, and this is a micro-beat in which the protagonist actually takes that leap of faith. So they're putting their new bold plan into action, and it works. Their plan works, and readers get that cathartic moment that they've been waiting for since page one. So you've put your protagonist through the ringer, you've forced them to grow and change, and now they get the ending they deserve after all that hard work. Now you might be wondering, what if I don't want my protagonist to have a happy ending? What if I want them to fail? And really, that's fine too. You just want to make sure that there's a point to their failure. So you want to make sure that there's a lesson to be learned or gleaned from all of this too. Because I think we can all agree that it's better to try and fail than to never try anything at all, right? So in The Hunger Games, this is when Katniss and Peeta start to eat the berries, but the game makers stop them and announce that they're both winners. So they've executed their new plan and it's successful. Shortly after this, they are airlifted out of the arena and left alone to recover before it's time to return home to District 12. In Everything Everything, this is when Maddie texts Ollie and tells him to meet her in a bookstore where there's a gift waiting for him. She hides in one of the aisles and watches him walk through the front door. And right away, she notices that he's not wearing all black anymore, which is kind of a hint that she's influenced him as much as he's influenced her. So it's a pretty cute moment. And that wraps up the five-part finale. You can probably see why it's one of my favorite parts of the Save the Cat method, because it helps you pull your entire story into focus, and it really helps you highlight that theme or that lesson that you're trying to express. It's also what's going to help us writers make an impact on readers and leave them with something to think about or something to remember. I'm sure if you think about your favorite story, you can remember the exact feeling I'm talking about. It's why we go back to our favorite stories over and over again and why we like them so much. Now, before we move on to the next beat, one thing you might be wondering is, okay, you said we had 13 scenes across the five-part finale to play with. So how many scenes go in each micro beat? If you go to savannagilbo.com forward slash scene map, you can see how I typically break it out across the five-part finale, but really every story is going to be a little bit different. So, you know, aim for two to three scenes per each of the micro beats and just know it's not going to be even across each of the five parts. So some might have two scenes, some might have three, you know, just use your best judgment for what will work for your story or go download the scene roadmap at savannagilbo.com forward slash scene map, and you can see how I would break those down if I were planning a story. Okay, so now let's move on to the very last beat. Beat number 15 is the final image beat, 
And this is a single scene beat in which you show readers an after snapshot of your protagonist's life and how much he or she has changed since the very beginning in the opening image. So in our map of 14 scenes, this is going to be the 14th scene or the very last scene in your story. And essentially, this is going to be the opposite of the opening image that you delivered in Act 1. So what's your protagonist's life like now that they've survived the events of the story? How far have they come or what's changed or what have they learned? How have they grown? In this one final scene, it should be very obvious to readers how the story has changed your protagonist. The farther apart your opening image and your final image are, the more you've proved that there was a point to this whole story you just shared with readers and also that the story you've written works. So let's take a look at our two case studies. In The Hunger Games, Katniss and Peeta return to District 12 as victors. So very different from the opening image, right? Katniss doesn't know what the future holds for her yet or if the capital will seek revenge. But one thing is super clear. She's not this play-by-the-rules, survival-obsessed girl that she was before. She's changed. In Everything, Everything, we see a visual representation via Maddie's drawing of the gift that she left for Ollie. So it's a copy of the book, The Little Prince, and inside the front cover, she has written, reward if found, me. So from this, we can infer that they've found each other again and that she's living her life no longer held back by this fake illness. So she's changed and her situation has changed too. And with that, that wraps up all 15 beats of the Save the Cat plotting method. I hope you can see how and why it helps you create a solid arc of change and therefore a solid story. Now, as I mentioned through each of the last four episodes, I want you to really make sure that you're linking together your scenes with a cause and effect chain. So after you've kind of gone through each of these beats over the last four episodes and you've planned out your whole outline or your whole draft, I want you to zoom out and I want you to ask yourself, does each scene cause the next scene to happen? And if not, go in and make some tweaks. And I swear all the hard work that you put in making sure the scenes link by a cause and effect chain, that is going to save you so much time and effort and just, you know, blood, sweat and tears as you write your draft. So I highly recommend putting the time in now to go through that exercise now that you've created a roadmap or an outline of the story you're trying to tell. So when it's time to write, nothing on your roadmap should feel random or out of place. And one more suggestion, I highly recommend going back to listen to episode number 40. That's all about writing well-structured scenes before you get into the nitty gritty of actually writing your draft. I will link to that episode in the show notes for you too. So holy cow, that was a lot of conversation about story structure, right? I geek out on this stuff, so it was a lot of fun for me to record. I've also heard from a lot of you that you've really, really enjoyed these episodes. So I will try to figure out fun ways to keep the conversation going. Maybe we'll look at some story breakdowns using these 15 beats or something. Who knows? I will figure it out and I will keep you posted. But for now, let's recap the beats we just went over that make up the final section of your novel, Act 3, or the very end of your book. And remember, if you're using the same math that I used as an example, this is going to be about 20,000 words and about 14 scenes. So we're going all the way from the break into three to the very end of your draft. Beat number 14 that we went over is the finale, and this is a multi-scene beat in which you resolve all the problems created throughout the entire story and prove that your protagonist has changed because they've learned the theme of the story. So remember, this is a five-part finale. Part one is gathering the team. Part two is executing the plan. 
Part three is the high tower surprise. Part four is the dig deep down. And part five is the execution of the new plan. So that's the five part finale, beat number 14. Beat number 15 is the final image, and this is a single scene beat where you give readers an after snapshot of what your protagonist's life is like now that they've survived the story and now that he or she has changed and gone on this whole adventure. So it's really where you show readers what their life is like now that the main plot is over. And that's it. That's our exploration of the 15 beats of the Save the Cat method. If this structure resonates with you, there are a few really great books that you can check out that I will link to in the show notes for you. My favorite one is Save the Cat Writes a Novel by Jessica Brody, but there's also the original Save the Cat book by Blake Snyder too. Both are fantastic and both go into way more detail than I can do on a podcast. And don't worry if this structure doesn't resonate with you. There's no right way to plot out a novel. But either way, I hope you enjoyed this episode and this little mini series about the Save the Cat plotting method. Hopefully it got the creative juices flowing and hopefully it helped you map out your next draft. You'll have to let me know. So either send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email or leave me a review on the podcast. I'd love to hear if these episodes helped you map out your story. So please let me know. And finally, if you want to download the freebie that goes along with this episode, head over to savannagilbo.com forward slash scene map. So that's scene map, one word, savannagilbo.com forward slash scene map. So that's it for today's show. As always, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and showing your support. If you want to check out any of the links I mentioned in this episode, you can find them over at savannagilbo.com forward slash podcast. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show because there's going to be another brand new episode coming out next week. If you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review. Your ratings and reviews tell iTunes that this is a podcast that's worth listening to. And in turn, that helps this show get in front of more fiction writers just like you. So that's it for today's show. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, happy writing.